All right, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. I'm Sarah Hasi. And I am Mike Manadami. And I'm Antonio Maya. All right, thrilled to be here today. Uh, happy fall, everyone, or autumn, uh, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, because um, are you seeing the weather changes there? Yes. We are. It's getting yeah. cooler in the morning and night. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have an interesting topic today, and this is not one that we are pulling from the jar. This is actually one of those topics that, um, as we often say, some of the most interesting conversations we have are before the camera starts rolling and after the camera stops rolling. So this topic actually came from a conversation that the, 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 the three of us were having separately from recording. And so I'm gonna throw out the question and then I'm very interested in, in what you both think because I know you've experienced this as well. Are you ready? Sure. Perfect. So the question is, how do you deal with difficult IT projects or IT projects that go off the rails? We know that we've all had those. Yes. That could be why we were having this conversation. Yeah. Many large projects happen to have one crazy person on the project that can throw off. And they're not always like that. But often you run across this one person that throws the entire project off. Right. Uh, or you run into an unforeseen technical issue that can throw everything off as well and throw off expectations. And what do you do in those situations? Specifically around a technical issue or just all, the, all these kinds of situations in general? I think all of them in general, because I think that um, I think it's a really key topic because I find that it's easy to get thrown off. And whether you're thrown off by a personality, by a person or by a technical challenge, what do you do? How do you regain your balance? Um, and how do you deal with the situation at hand? Well, I think as someone that leads projects, whoever's in that position of leading a project, they need to be aware that these situations can happen. And when they come up, it'll be important right at the outset to assess for yourself, at least, how serious is this issue? So is this one that truly is something that's going to throw the entire project off the rails or is it something that can be mitigated or dealt with so that kind of initial assessment of how big a deal is this issue is important and if you're leading a project sometimes you're doing that every single week because issues come up in projects all the time right um and over time you learn what kind of what kind of issues are serious and what kind are not so i do find that after having done many projects i tend to see the similar sorts of patterns show up Right, like some issues are, like you said, a technical issue that comes up and it was an unforeseen technical circumstance that could have serious impacts. That's that's one. Another is sometimes a per, it can be a person on a project that throws it off, depending on the situation. Yeah. Um, others can be like a project not having executive sponsorship. Right. So the team that's assigned is not really bought into it, and maybe not as committed to their their activities and deliverables as they should be. So that's that's another one. Um, Another one might be human error. Um, I've yeah. seen sometimes people just end up miskeying something they misunderstood. Um, I've actually implemented projects with people from all over the globe working on it, and someone didn't do a time conversion or someone converted a time wrong, and they started an implementation outside of a change window um, and things like that. So sometimes it's just human error. Yep. Yeah, it, it also could be unrealistic expectations. We try to really push or hammer a specific idea. We want to 
really squeeze the technology to make it fit. And at the end of the day, it's not going to work. It's going to cost you a lot of time and money. So you're going to have to include that as well into your assessment. I, I think your step, Antonio, of trying to assess uh, and assess where you are as realistically as you can is a good one. Um, I often, if I'm on a meeting or on a call and I can sense that people are getting um, nervous, stressed, or agitated, I will usually send them an IM and just encourage them to take a couple of deep breaths because you can hear that. And if you don't stay calm, it's going to be very hard to assess the situation. So no matter how bad it is, I think for me, it's always about encouraging people to just take a couple of deep breaths, um, stay calm because you it will really impact your ability to assess the situation and deal with whatever is at hand, no matter how good or bad it is, um, if, you, if you're not calm. That's a great point. Um, and the fact that you message people take a couple of deep breaths, that's a good, like a really good strategy because sometimes people don't realize that frustration that they're feeling comes out in their voice. And depending on who you're talking to, Sometimes you really don't want that frustration to be obvious, right? Because to the person who's potentially raising the issue or bringing up a change or bringing up an unforeseen thing or an unrealistic expectation, they're not, they may not be expecting that frustration. And that initial reaction can just make the whole situation of dealing with this issue take a negative turn as opposed to trying to make it positive. So, yeah, staying calm, especially when you're reacting being conscious that the frustration can come out in your voice um, is important for sure. Um, what I find is attack, and I'm thinking of situations where you're midstream in a project and some issue happens, right? Um, in that case, again, you want to assess the severity of the issue and come up with strategies to mitigate it. And there may be circumstances where it's going to affect budget. It's going to affect scope. It's going to affect timeline. You know, kind of the typical consulting triangle that we talk about. What I like to do with those three dimensions of a project, so scope, um, cost, timeline, um, is for the customer, assess which ones are the highest priority. Because with some companies, you'll find, like, like as a consultant, when dealing with some customers, you find that, well, for them, the cost is the biggest uh, factor. They, they, they cannot have this project go over budget. Mm -hmm. And then the second priority for them is the timeline. They have to hit the timeline and they have to get close to the timeline. So that tells you what your variable is. Okay, scope is the variable, theoretically, if that's the third priority. Right. Or if, if timeline, I've run into projects where the timeline is the top priority because they commit that timeline to their customers and they don't, it'll make them look bad if they're late, mm -hmm. right? That's the top priority. Cost is the second priority. And then scope is perhaps a variable that can, by making that kind of assessment for the customer, it can tell you, okay, when an issue comes up and I need to vary one of these dimensions, which one am I going to have the easiest time varying? Is it going to be, I'm going to reduce scope? or I'm going to increase timeline, or I'm going to increase cost. I think that's so smart because whether you're dealing with your consultant, in your case, and you're dealing with a client, or whether you're working inside of an organization and you're working with executives, or you have an executive sponsor, or you have multiple executives that own decision-making sign-off, it's important to determine your audience, yeah. who your target audience is, and what matters most to them. 
and whether or not that is timeline, whether it's cost, whether it's being predictable, meaning we said we were going to do X, they want to do X. They don't want to deliver Y or Z. They want to deliver what we said we were going to deliver. But being able to peg what's most important to your audience is going to help you determine a path forward. Yeah, and if if you if you take that and you add if you if you if you take a step back and talk about difficult projects, um, there are also a lot of complicated projects that we have to deal with. That we have so many dependencies. Even if we're doing the M365 projects, whatever that project is, whether it's a migration project, which is a new applications, intranet, whatever, there are so many dependencies within that project that you might need multiple skill sets. And it's not something that you're going to have multiple resources on it. You're going to have to manage when each one is deployed, each of the tasks or feature. Uh, so that become also um, um, a good project management skill set that will require when things to be deployed. And we live in a cloud world where sometimes if you deploy something, it might have an impact on the existing infrastructure. Uh, so it's not the traditional old way where you can go and you have multiple environments. Uh, so that becomes a little bit more challenging in terms of how do you manage timeline, budget, and scope to make sure that you have a control over this project. Because the more complicated project, uh, you're going to have to either de-scope or make a decision like what Antonio said, or you're going to have to put realistic timelines and lower your budget. Right. And I think um, some people, I, I, I've seen some projects where people have not put as much priority on the basics as perhaps they should have. So the basic project control items are still important, right? Having a solid project plan, weekly project status reports, weekly project status meetings. And I know sometimes those are considered redundant, but I, I do like to do both. Having good documentation around the project, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what you did, all of those basics, like really strong project control can really help you in those situations. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important agree. not to devalue that. I also learned something um, when I was at um, a previous company and I was in a role where I had to regularly go to senior leadership and present things. And sometimes they were things that went well, but oftentimes they were things that maybe didn't go as we had planned. And it's a muscle and a skill that I think you develop over time. And one of the things that I observed on those calls, listening to a lot of them, is that it always went better if you were open, honest, and transparent, as opposed to trying to dance around, not talk about what the core issue was, or I always say obfuscate or hide the truth. Um, I, I saw early on, and this isn't universally true, but I treat it as a credo for myself. Um, if it was human error, if it was something we just didn't know, I will say that as opposed to dancing around it or hiding it. I think being transparent and honest is, it, it may not always solve your problem, but it never makes it better to try and dance around it or hide it. Exactly, it makes it easier to solve the problem. It will not, the problem will not go away, but it will make it much easier to deal with it and make very neutral decisions to resolve it. Agreed. Agreed, totally agree. I think being open and transparent when things are not right, just coming out with it and being pragmatic about it. I, I do think most senior leadership appreciates that. 
I would also say, though, that when you are reporting to senior leadership, it's important to talk about both the good and the bad, right? Right. right? It is important to deliver the good news as well. And some of that is tuning your own horn, but it helps to balance out the bad when you do have to report it. And I think it makes you more credible. And here's the thing, if you're in a situation where you're working on a project and it's not going well, your credibility, you you sort of pay for that credibility when things are hard, almost more than you pay for it when things are going well. But you need that credibility so that they have some, they have confidence and that they can believe that sooner or later, hey, guess what, Antonio's going to figure this out. The team is going to figure it out and to have confidence in that. But I think it's hard to display that confidence if you're not being honest. Right. I think you said a really important thing there. Um, Most senior leadership knows projects sometimes go off the rails. Sometimes something Mm -hmm. goes wrong. Communicating to them, though, that you're the right person to find the solution to it, you know, that so that they have confidence in that, that that's an important skill to have as well. Yes, and like you said it, that um, if you take a step back and when it goes off the rail and explain this is what happened and admit what, whatever mistakes happened, whatever things have gone wrong, and then this is the actual corrective action we're going to take to make sure that we're going to put it back on track and give them the confidence as an IT expert in that mm-hmm. specific domain, we will be able to achieve the end goal. I would agree. And if you work in IT long enough, I also, I always say to my team, don't, at some point, you need to stop beating yourself up about what didn't go as you wish it would have, or the things that you didn't say as you wish you would have. Because here's the thing, when you're working in IT, most of us have been in a worse pickle before, meaning that we've actually had a system go down and couldn't get it stood back right again, right? So it's important to think about if you're in a situation where a project is going wrong, Um, I always think to myself, well, I've been in tough situations before and we figured a way out of it. So it's important to keep that perspective and that level of positivity. Yeah. In in the spirit of that, when people do, when when something goes wrong because of human error, right, it's going to happen. It's important not to berate or, um, I think, embarrass or harshly deal with the people whose human error it was, right? Just to reassure them, look, mistakes happen. Um, this could have been anybody that made this mistake, and let's just move on from it and find solutions to it. I think it's important to take that kind of direction because nothing's going to come good out of berating the person that made the honest mistake. That's usually what it is. Yeah, and, and when this happens, it's I think what's more what's also important is to people doubt themselves. When you make a mistake, you start doubting yourself. Did I, am I doing it right? Do I have the right <laughs> skill set? It's always important to go back and say, yes, you can do it. Uh, it's a mistake, exactly what you said, but you can do it. Just keep, give them back the confidence. or give yourself the confidence if you did that mistake, that yeah. everyone makes a mistake and then you just have to move on. I agree, because even being pragmatic, if you if you dress people down too much, if you make them doubt themselves, they're more likely to make a mistake the next time. Uh, exactly. You increase the odds that they could make mistakes if they don't believe and have confidence in themselves. So. I think this is, I think it's a really important topic and I really enjoy it sometimes when we talk about some of those soft skills or leadership skills, because I think no matter what role you are in a project, you have the ability to be a leader when it comes to challenging situations and have a good frame for how you're going to walk through it. Exactly. Yep. Lovely. Great topic. Yeah. 
Right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We hope you appreciated this episode. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.